Welcome to Been There, Watched That. Check us out at beentherewatchedthat.com and on social media, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, BTWT Pod. And we're here to review another movie. Myself, Justin, Dave, and Joe this week is Joe's Pick. A classic movie that many people enjoy. Dave and I have both seen it. It was great to do a rewatch with someone who'd never seen it, Joe. This is uh, from 1994, Shawshank Redemption. Uh, Tim Robbins from Howard the Duck, a previous review, and also Morgan Freeman from Now You See Me, which we also reviewed on the podcast. Go to beentherewatchthat.com, check out some of our older reviews, get caught up. Yes. <clears throat> I like it. So, Joe? Yes. About time you picked a good movie. That's all I'm going to say. I'm going to throw that out there right off the bat. About time? About time. Or first time in a while. Either way. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, this is uh, very enjoyable to go back. And as Justin said, he and I have seen it. So I took the approach for, as a critic. Yes. And uh, Instead of just watching it for enjoyment. And uh, this is one thing I'll say. I didn't know until Justin told me last week that it was how long? Two and a half hours? Yeah. Roughly two and a half hours? I noticed it this time. Really? Yeah. Yeah. For me, yeah. I, I had to break I it up. I settled right into it. And I, it didn't feel uh, like two and a half. It felt like around two to me. It kind yeah. of it flowed for me. I think I had to break it up in segments, and that's why. Yeah. Okay. Because I was like, man, it's still going on. And I looked, and I was like, I'm still a half hour from the ending, and I got stuff to do, so I have to come back. But anyway, yeah. So, Joe, you want to give us a rundown? Yes. Yeah, so, so, Shawshank Redemption chronicles the experiences of a formerly successful banker as a prisoner in the gloomy jailhouse of Shawshank after being found guilty of a crime he did not commit. The film portrays the man's unique way of dealing with his new, torturous life. Along the way, he befriends a number of fellow prisoners, most notably a wise, long-term inmate named Red. Yep, there's like a a good uh, buddy sort of feel to this between Red and, um, what's the other guy's name? Dufresne, Andy Dufresne and Red. I don't know, I guess they have a good relationship on film. Yeah. It's a cool little friendship that they developed in the prison, which I liked. Uh, just reading that synopsis, Joe, that I wouldn't have liked to hear that before because the whole thing about a crime that he didn't commit, it's been years since I've seen this. So I, that kind of had, I'd kind of forgotten about that. And I liked having the, the impression based on how they shot the film in the beginning that, okay, yeah, he definitely did kill his wife and that other guy. Yeah, it, it, it gives you a look. You're going along, then all of a sudden you get a twist that you didn't even see coming. Because I for- totally forgot about the whole thing, which basically there's another prisoner in another prison saying, oh, I killed this couple one night. Yeah, yeah they so didn't pin me for uh, it. Andy Dufresne was in there as an innocent man because he's telling all the other prisoners, I didn't do this. And they're like, yeah, yeah whatever, laughing at him. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, I didn't do it either. That's that whole thing. Yeah. Everybody's innocent, don't you know that? Did you remember that part of it before you started it, that... Um, that he was actually innocent the whole time? Yeah. Okay, uh, yeah, I would yeah. forgotten that detail. Which made it cool. It made it for that little twist later to nice. seem new again to me. Yeah. So, Joe, what'd you think? Yeah, that's the big question. First time would, viewer. I had, I, so I took a page out of Justin's book and picked a movie that I had not seen but I wanted to see. And I think, I think this one's going to be highly rated and justifiable. The narration by Morgan Freeman, I mean... Oh, it was great. It was great. And, and Justin, I have to say, last week you said that it 
runs along the same parallel as as uh, Forrest Gump, and I have to. And when I heard that, I was thinking the comedy side, uh-huh. and it's I didn't find as many similarities on right. the comedy side, but like the self narration all the way through, very spot on with Forrest Gump. So so you was correct, and I just went on <laughs> the wrong path on yeah on that side. A little, little bit of a darker theme to this one than Forrest. Yeah. And little. Well, I mean, I, there's a lot of bad funny, stuff in Force. Still yeah. some funny. Oh parts. yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. Towards the end, yeah, especially. Uh, just any, everywhere. Yeah. But. Hmm. Yeah, I this don't know. This is a, the first movie that Morgan Freeman has <coughs> ever narrated. Yeah. You can see why he got so much work. Oh yeah, that's what I was gonna say. The narration by Morgan Freeman was a home run. There's yeah. Some funny parts just in the way he would describe. Yeah. Things. Yeah. He added some, some uh, laughs. I think just by. Like the small, tiny little hammer, and just uh, a couple other parts too. This one of the scenes that stuck out to me that was that rooftop where they all got to drink beer at the that whole thing. <laughs> Basically, the there's this guard who's like a super hard nosed guy, and Andy Dufresne's character. I mean, he was formerly a banker. He's like a financial whiz, and he overhears the guard saying that. Uh, he had gotten some payment of some money somehow. Yeah, his uh, brother or brother-in-law passed right. away and left him thirty-six thousand. So he he gave that guard a tip on how he could. Well, the guard was complaining. Up. He's like, "Yeah, thanks, you know, leaving me all this money." And one of the other tax. guards like, "Man, you just got thirty thousand dollars, and back in that day, that's a lot of money." Yeah. You know, and he's like, "Oh yeah, buy, well, buy a new car. The government's gonna take part of it. Now buy a new car, and I gotta pay taxes on the car." And he goes, and "Then what am I left with?" And one guard's like, "A new car." Yeah, he gets, it's like yeah, right, idiot. And then I got to pay taxes on forever, and then changing the oil and tires, and you know. And so he's yeah, the, just the kids will be bugging me to go for a ride. All the yeah, time. yeah. He's making up all these excuses why you know he doesn't appreciate the guy. Give it to him. So Andy steps in, is like, hey, do you yeah. trust your wife? And he goes to throw him off the building. <laughs> do you so, trust your wife, sir? Yeah. Do you think she'd be faithful to you? Yeah. Do you think she'd hamstring you? <laughs> yeah, he gives him a tip to. You can make a one-time yeah. gift to your wife, and it's totally tax-free. And he yeah. said, "All I ask is three beers each for all the boys here on the roof." Yeah, yeah, that was just a cool scene because then you have Morgan Freeman later kind of narrating it as like the sunset. He's like, "There yeah. was a day in Shawshank Prison where we all get to yeah didn't sit feel like prisoners. Yep, we were free for just a moment." Which is true. I mean, if you're in there for life like that, I mean, he was in there like thirty some years, and, and it kind of puts it all in perspective that. Even the simplest thing, just a bottle of beer, yeah, is is worth its weight in gold oh, to, yeah. in their eyes. Why? Well, right, where they could just kick back and relax and be like a guys. Like I, I kind of felt he didn't say it, but I felt like they were thinking they were a group of guys that were all working together. Yeah, in in like a business setting, yeah. you know. And yeah, we're hired to come in here as a contract crew, and this is the end of a hard hard job, and you know we're relaxing as buddies. Yeah, you know, not inmates right. forced to do this, but as buddies. Right. Because he says. Three beers each for each of my coworkers, and the yeah. guards kind of laugh. They're like, "Wow, that's rich. Get a yeah. of this guy. Yeah. These guys are prisoners, not coworkers." Yeah, yeah. So kind of set that tone of, you know, escaping reality for a little bit. Yeah. Well, and Red's character, Morgan Freeman. Yeah. Uh, his whole thing is he's like an expert at getting things. So yeah. He'll, yeah. He'll smuggle cigarettes into the prison. There's a whole sort of a sequence where they show like, you know, some things coming in and. Somebody will give a nod. To yeah, coming through the laundry. Guy, like, this is the bag that has the things in it. Yeah. It gets slipped in, and yeah. So there's like, that's kind of cool, behind the scenes of how Red is getting 
whatever you need in the prison. <laughs> He's got like a special raid because uh, Andy Dufresne asked for a rock hammer. Yeah. He's like, uh, it's gonna be an extra like twenty percent or something. That's an unusual item, and it's this tiny little hammer. And yeah, we'll, we'll we won't spoil it yet. But <laughs> he uses that for something. It's beneficial. Yeah. <laughs> yep. In the end, surprise, surprise. Yes. So. A lot to this movie. Two and a half hours. A lot of what I feel like are poignant moments. Yes. So I asked both of you my usual question. What stood out to you? What stood out, you know, right now as you think back, what's one poignant scene that you're just like, okay, this is what I'll remember for this movie? Rooftop is up there for me, but I'll try to think of another one. Okay. Okay, so the rooftop and then the... Hold on here. That's that's interesting because I would have never said the rooftop. That one and um, I'm looking through my notes here. It's cool for me because that was like the first time you see that Andy, like, he's gonna be able to like uh, get some benefits in this prison using his smarts and stuff. That he's able yeah. to kind of get on the guard's good side even yeah. just a little bit, and that's kind of a foreshadowing to all the other benefits he's gonna get later. Because right, and the scene where Tommy gets shot. Yeah. Oh yeah. That one, I, I did not that. see that, that one, one coming come at all. Yeah. I'd forgotten all about that one. Yeah, the main guard, the warden of the prison, he's just yeah, a yeah. total yeah, bad the, person. Yeah, right. that kind of is the first domino the into the Christian man in the whole prison, yeah. supposedly. He's got, like, scriptures on everywhere wall and stuff. That's yeah. Wanting to kill people to save his own skin. Kill people, yeah, embezzle money, blackmail. Throw people in solitary confinement, basically. Yeah. Abuse of power. Oh yeah, it's Great. interesting, huh? Well, that's I. Uh, the one that stands out to me is when he throws the pebble through the poster, you know, and he says, "What about you, Miss Fuzzy Bridges?" Yeah. And chucks the <laughs> and they uh, it, what sticks in my head is when they listen to it, ding, 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 and, you know, and rattle its way down <laughs> through the pipes and stuff, and they're all like, "Huh?" And then the part that sticks out to me is when Red looks, you know. Of course, you see the warden looking at the poster, and then you see Red's head kind of pop around, and he's looking <laughs> like, what just happened there? But uh, that one stood out to me just because the mystery was solved. Yes. Uh, but, you know, in a unique way. And uh, But I, I like that the warden missed Fuzzy Bridges. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, the, old, the old man who's released, but he's been in prison for 50 years. Yeah, Brooks. Institutionalized, as they say, where yeah. he doesn't know anything else. Oh. That's, that's pretty poignant, his, like, struggles to exist on the outside when he's yeah because you want to say you're free you're free to do whatever but i mean ends up hanging himself like he said can you imagine you know you you see a car once when you're little right and then you walk outside and it's you know the 60s and there's cars everywhere everyone's in a hurry now i don't like it it's weird out here yeah and that that is a that's kind of like for me that's the think piece of it you know once you've been in prison so long you're institutionalized and you can't adapt i mean I'm sure some people can, but it'd be so hard to adapt. Well, I mean, anybody... So hard to adapt. Yeah, eventually you would adapt into the prison environment and you just shut you the outside to. world out because that's, that's all you know. Well, that's what I mean. It'd be hard to adapt to the outside world, especially Again, yeah. 40, 50 years. Oh, yeah. Cause, and, and now, I mean, can you imagine going into prison and not before cell phones ago, and then yeah. popping back out? Because, I mean, yeah. right now you'd be in the 80s. Yeah. Which, I mean, you know, some of the 80s stuff transfers over, but... If you were like from the 60s to the 2000s, wow, technology has happened at such a fast rate. Well, that's like, yeah, because I've seen, uh, I'm trying to look up the name of the show. 
Oh, Making a Murderer. Have you guys watched that on Netflix? No. Yeah. What is it? Making a Murderer. It's about... It, it's, a huh. true, it's a documentary about Stephen Avery. And long story short, he was found guilty for a crime he did not commit. Was in jail for, I think, 17 years. Got out. And, and as they're documenting, you know, at this point, that's when smartphones really started to take off and all that. And, right. And his family goes, here, and, and he's looking at it, and it just blows his mind. Yeah. But <laughs> that it that documentary is a great, great one to watch. Yeah. I mean, I could see, th- yeah, yeah, I mean. But but it it's, that, the, the part about the smartphone, that has really nothing to do with his story. But if you uh, watch it. Justin said you you said you watched it right. Yeah. Very interesting, isn't it? Oh yeah. Okay, yeah. so I'm going to ask you, Justin. I'm going to take a little sidebar here. Do you think Stephen did it? Uh, initially, I thought no, but I've started. To, I've heard arguments from my friends, and did, I'm did, kind of coming around. Have you watched both seasons? Yeah. Okay. Third, yeah. Okay. I don't know. I'm coming around more to the it's a strong possibility, but there's so many big question marks that I I'm still saying no. I. Right. I. I think. I think he might have been a neighbor or something. I do too, and yeah. plant. I think they that planted weird it. Neighbor that had the crazy stuff on his computer, the searches he was doing. Yeah, yeah, the nephew. Yeah. I think that they planted it, and then they uh, they didn't want they had enough egg on their face from the first time they falsely accused him, so they're gonna make sure he doesn't get out of prison, so they don't get egg on their face again. Yeah. Sorry, Dave. Just. Well, this that's okay. Be... I'm looking it up to see here. This is. It's on Netflix. Yeah, so it says 18 years in prison for the wrongful conviction. Yeah, it was proved. He was he charged in 2005, yeah. convicted in 07. But it has two different people. The attempted murder of Penny Bernstein and then murder of Teresa Halbach. Yeah, these are two separate crimes. So the attempted murder is what he was in prison for for 18 years, wrongly accused. Mm-hmm. Then he gets out, and the other lady is found killed on his property, supposedly. Oh, wow. So he's and, involved in two? Yeah. So, but what's funny is right when this happens, he is suing the state for wrongly, for wrongful arrest and wrongful imprisonment and suing him yeah. for a couple million dollars. Hmm. And then this all happens and you would like it, Dave. It's definitely worth a watch. And honestly, that may be something we can just make a couple shows Slide on. I mean, in. it's very, very good. So the timeline of this movie, uh, Andy goes into prison in 1947, and then towards the end of the movie, it's like in the 60s, mid-60s is when. So I thought the movie did a pretty good job of showing the passage of time, like getting a sense of, okay, these guys have been in there for 20 years. Yeah, they showed good aging on the characters. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and I really thought it was timely when they brought in the young guy that they, you know, that knew about, you know, the guy bragging it who actually committed the murder for Andy's yeah. wife. You know, th- that guy came in as kind of like a fresh injection of energy, you know, right. a young guy. Because all the other guys had settled into the routine, and here comes this hipster, you know. He has yeah, like, well, we'll kind of yeah, yeah, eventually we'll, we'll break him down, and he'll just fall mm-hmm. in line with the rest of us. And... Yep. But I thought that was a neat little segue into the passing of time for him as... Having well, this young guy come in with, you know, different talk, a little slang. Well, that and Red always coming before the parole board. Yeah. Oh, that that's definitely a poignant thing for me was that whole sequence of 
read, I mean, at the very beginning of the movie, he's going in and to a, a like, what's a uh, release yeah. hearing or something right. to see if you've been rehabilitated. I said, oh, yes, absolutely. But by the third time, he's just, yeah. I don't really give a... Yeah, I don't, I don't give just, a crap. And he's been rejected, like, multiple times. Every, like, yeah. ten years, they say, no, he's not a candidate for release. And then he finally... Once he goes in there and doesn't care at all and basically tells the guy off, then they're like, approved. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stamp it and he's released. Yeah, I mean, at that point, can you really blame him? He's gone in there and literally done everything he could possibly do to convince them and he's rehabilitated. Rehabilitated. We never, we never hear what Red's crime was, do we? Yeah, murder. Oh, yeah, he does say that at one point, yeah. Same as you, he tells Andy, murder. Yeah. He was a young punk, got caught up in a bad deal. <coughs> <game. laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Uh, box office flop. Yeah, so, yeah. I couldn't believe that. Made it back later with like sales of yeah, yeah. Movie. Well, it is the most rented movie in 1995. Yeah. yeah. Sixteen earned sixteen million, had like a twenty-five million budget, so lost a ton of money initially. And I was shocked to when I found out this was a, actually based on a Stephen King book. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because. When I hear Stephen King, I'm always it Pet Cemetery. Yes, yeah. the the creeper stuff. I never would. Well, have Well, this imagined. was an adaptation of one of his short stories. But still, I would have never yeah. have imagined Stephen King doing Come something on, like this. It was set in Maine. Still, you know that is impressive. It was a loser in the box office, but a 91 on Rotten Tomatoes, 9.3 on IMDb. DB. The highest rated movie on IMDb of all time. Is it really? Yes. And it flopped at the box office. Yes. Wow. Whose pick was this? Yours. Oh, okay. Yeah. Boy, did you ever luck out. <laughs> nah, I'm joking. But I mean, you know, it's crazy to think this movie is so good. So it's Ted Turner bought uh, Com or bought whatever studio had this movie. Yeah, Miramax. Yeah. Uh, or Columbia Pictures. Columbia Pictures. Yeah. And played it like crazy across his cable channels. Oh, yeah. It was the most played movie for like five or six years. Because yeah, I remember the commercials for, for the Superstation, TBS. I remember seeing com the look. They would always have the commercials of their, their movie collection. And I always remember the scene with Andy standing in the rain. I rem I mm, I yeah. can re visually remember that. That's kind of the iconic scene. He stands his yes. arms out in the rain in a creek. Where I remember skating. that. I remember nothing else, but I remember that being part of CBS's movie lineup commercial in the 90s. Castle Rock was bought by Ted Turner, and then he played it on TNT constantly. It was an easy way to fill the hours. It was one of the right. quintessential cable movies. By 2013, it aired on 15 different cable networks. It's funny, just the idea of it not being appreciated at all and people thinking, oh, it's just like a filler movie we can throw in there. It's like a hidden gem. Later, gym. like yeah, yeah. the highest rated movies. That's unreal. Because kind of they best. bought the rights from King for the story for 5000 Yeah, bought the, yeah. Yeah, and several years later, Stephen King never did cash the check. Yeah. Several years later, after the movie came out, he actually... Got the check framed and mailed it to Frank uh, Darabont with a note inscribed, In case you ever need bail money, love Steve. <laughs> How funny is that? Here's a thinker for you. Uh, originally, the plan was to cast Tom Cruise as Andy Dufresne oh. Harrison Ford as Red. How could you make that work? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so since Justin brought it up, let's play a game of Would You Rather. Yeah. So, so who did you name? Uh, Tom Cruise. Tom, Tom Cruise is Andy. Okay. 
And and who's the other names? Uh, Harrison Ford as Red. Okay. Morgan Freeman's character. So here's the list of potentials. Because the story is written. I mean, it's obvious that Red is a white guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Red's an Irishman, and, and that's actually kind of a jo- hidden joke. Yeah, there's a little blurb in there. He says, "Why do you call? Why do they call you Red? Because yeah. maybe my Irish background." Yeah. <laughs> so here's a game of Would You Rather, mm-hmm. and for the part of Andy, here's the people that was up for the role. I can already tell you no to every one of them. I, <laughs> I agree wholeheartedly. Oh, I, 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 I love I agree. Tim Robbins in this, so go ahead. Yeah, Tim Robbins. I remember him from Howard the Duck. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't uh, even look like the same guy. Jeez. Yeah, tell me about it. What was the timeline in between those two? Howard the Duck came first. Like 88, 89. Okay, he was, so he was six or seven years older by then. Yeah. He, he was working hard, apparently, in between Howard yeah, the Duck. Yeah, he, he must have took a class. He watched the, youth, <laughs> he watched the YouTube video. Yeah. He was like, all right, now I got this. But I thought his demeanor and his attitude and just the way he talked and the way he walked and he's, his build, he's like tall and lanky and kind of Gumby-like. Yeah. He he played the banker really well with the nonchalant attitude. Yes. Absolutely perfect. So so would you rather, for the part of yeah. Andy, your options are Tom Cruise? Definitely not. 100% definitely not. What, whoever <laughs> threw Tom Cruise's name in there, nah, they're, they're need fired. Tom Hanks? No. Nope. Kevin Costner? Maybe Kevin Costner, but Kevin Costner's got more of a stronger yeah. uh, deal about him. Yeah. Where, you know, Tim Robbins is just mousy and yeah. nerdy enough to yeah. pull this off. So Tom Hanks, he actually turned down this role to do Forrest Gump, which yeah. I'm thankful yeah. for. Tom Hanks has got too much comedy in him to play a... Well, I don't know. He did He did a really good job in Forrest Gump. He did, but I mean, there's a lot of funny parts in Forrest Gump. True. Yeah. You almost could say, I mean, Tom Hanks could probably pull it off. He could pull Tom, it off. Yeah. Not Tom Cruise. No, definitely not. Charlie Sheen was, up, was an option. Nah, gosh, no. <laughs> Winning! <laughs> Jeff Bridges. Uh, I don't think so. To, uh, yeah, like you said, he doesn't have the little bit of uh, mouseishness that you Yeah. Because they described him as being quiet, you know, carefree, and just, you know, slow walk. You know, and that's a Kevin Costner carries more energy, and I feel like Jeff Bridges does as well. What about Nicolas Cage? Definitely not. Okay, and the last option for Andy was Johnny Depp. No. no. Not even coming off of Edward Scissorhands. No. <laughs> no. No. Tim Robbins nailed it. He was he was had that nonchalant, carefree, whimsical smile, you know. You can you can look at him and, and think that he's thinking in his own head about being somewhere else and, and yeah. you know, pulled it off. So so the other options for Red was Harrison Ford, Gene Hackman. Robert Duvall. Robert Duvall. Maybe. I was going to say, I, I think Robert Duvall would be pretty close. He did a good job in Days of Thunder where he had to act as a mentor and kind of a, you know, Mr. Fix-It type guy. Well, he did really, I also thought he did really well in Secondhand Lions. Yes. So, that. Never seen that one. Really? Justin. That's on my list. That is a good one. That That's a, right in my opinion, yeah. pretty close with Shawshank. That's yeah. a very good one. Uh. Paul Newman, Robert Redford, no, Clint Eastwood. Maybe Robert Redford, but what about Clint Eastwood? Mm, no, 
I couldn't see Clint Eastwood doing that. I mean, as as phenomenal actor as he is, I just don't think he could pull it off. Yeah, I don't think so either. Justin, what do you think? Nope. Okay, and then uh, last and certainly not least for the role of Tommy, we only have one other option. Brad Pitt. Yeah. Turn it down for Thelma and Louise. But do you guys think Brad Pitt could have played Yeah, he could have played that little hipster. Not little, but, you know, played the greaser hipster guy. He could have. He pulled off. He's kind of playful like that. Animated. So now that we know... I mean, look how he played in Thelma and Louise. He was a, you know, cowboy with flair. But but I thought they did good with the Tommy guy. So let me ask you guys this. Since we now know what Hollywood was looking at potentially, do you guys see anybody that could play any of the roles better? Or If you swap Morgan Freeman out, you lose that great narration voice. Yes. so hard though. Yeah, I, you basically lose the movie. The backbone of the movie. And, yes. And yeah, I. I, I mean, want. looking at the cast, I thought Gil Bellows played Tommy really well. You know, James Whitmore as Brooks. I thought that was perfect. I mean, you got a guy with a shorter stature, you know, shuffling around. I thought that was awesome. Clancy Brown as Captain Hadley. The, perfect. Yeah, the bad, perfect. Yeah. The bad guys, the warden. And yeah. uh, the head guard are both, like, yeah. spot on. That's spot Bob on. Gutton and Clancy Brown. Yeah, I thought those were perfect. Now, you want to hear something really funny? Just complete opposites. You couldn't get more opposite if you tried. Clancy Brown yeah. goes from doing this. Of course, he has stuff in between. But what he's now known for? Yeah. One of the voices on SpongeBob SquarePants. No way. Yes. Really? Mr. Krabs. Would not have ever <laughs> in a million years. <laughs> so it goes from... Shaw, I mean, I'm, I'm not knocking. Them. Obviously, he know he does very well because SpongeBob's been on for how long now? And but to do a classic like this still work, and and because on his IMDb, one of the things he's known for is SpongeBob SquarePants. I was like, what? That is, that is crazy. Yes, crazy. I, mean, I I thought you guys would appreciate that one to see yeah, what. Yeah, that's crazy. Huh. Well, I mean, this is... I still can't believe it tanked that bad in the box office. If you'd asked me, I'd have never, ever guessed that for such an iconic film now. So, this is my question for you. If it hadn't have been played across the cable so much and been pumped out as a video rental and become one of those movies that you see on TV a lot, do you think it would have gotten to where it is now as you know, such a high rating on IMBD and Rotten Tomatoes? Do you th- well, I guess, do you think they worked it into being this good of a movie, or does it stand on its own two feet and it was just overlooked? I think it would it would have gotten to this status, but it would have taken a lot longer to get there. With streaming now available, streaming changed everything. So I think... Yeah. I, th- I think we... Is it being watched on stream as much now, you think? Well, probably. Hmm. But I think it would have went viral online yeah like the way uh squid games and all this new stuff's coming out i think it's what the heck is squid games it is a is it a show it's a show on netflix and it's a uh korean yeah korean dubbed uh program it's about these people that are hard up for money so they play these games there yeah to to try to win money. They're approached by this evil organization that's basically people that enjoy 
seeing humans do like life or death challenges. You know, you mess yeah, up literally life you, or death. You fall through and you die. Like people that get off on watching like the Hunger Games on those type scenarios, except they're not they're not necessarily supposed to be fighting each other, but they end up killing each other anyways and stuff. With a huge cash prize at the end. Have you watched it, Justin? Yep. Is it is it worth watching? I mean, is it entertaining? I think so. Okay. Really? Because yeah. I started it, and Cena said she wasn't interested, so I was like, well, I'll just watch it one more time. I just haven't got back to it. A couple slow parts here and there, but overall, I mean, towards the end, some of the, as a, the build-up of the challenges that they have to do is pretty crazy. Cause Super my, uh, violent and Because my first exposure bloody. to it was uh, Facebook. I started seeing all these memes come up. I was like, I don't get it. Red light, green light, I don't care. <laughs> but now now it's making sense. About three and a half hours from us is the Ohio State Reformatory in Mansfield where this was shot. That's the prison they used. Oh, the Shawshank was... Yeah. Really? It, it had been shuttered three years earlier due to inhumane living conditions, and they picked it as the filming location. <laughs> so yeah, the movie it's, yeah, it's supposed to be set in Maine like all Stephen King novels. But yeah, Mansfield, Ohio. And then the tree, the Shawshank tree out in the field, got struck by lightning and has since fallen over, and they've been cutting it up and making Shawshank memorabilia out of it. Really? Yeah. So the mugshot of Red that was on the the paperwork, Mm -hmm. that was. Him as a young man. Yeah, that's actually Morgan Freeman's younger son, Alfonso Freeman. And Alfonso actually made a cameo in the movie as a con shouting, Fresh fish, fresh fish, we're reeling them in. We're really, uh, yeah, we're we're reeling them in. And a year later, a year after the Shawshank Redemption, he appeared as a fingerprint technician in another Morgan Freeman movie, Seven. Really? Yes. The uh, bus that Andy arrives on full of prisoners, you know, new prisoners coming into the prison. You know, there's just hundreds of uh, other prisoners, like, catcalling and doing stuff to try to intimidate them and stuff. And then Red and his gang are up on, like, a ledge, taking bets. Yeah. That was kind of funny. Just Well, not funny, really, but darkly funny that they're like, well, in prison, picking, trying to pick who's going to be the first one to cry that night. So yeah. A good way I thought it was, cigarettes and stuff. Yeah, I thought it was funny because it was so the prisoners themselves walking in were so pitiful and yet all of them were laughing about it and you know making bets and then he says that Andy cost me, you know, two packs of smokes that night. Yeah, that, that tall one there cuz red thought <laughs> tall Andy drink was of water. Yeah. Is that what he called him? A tall drink of water? Yeah. I'll take the tall drink of water for five cigarettes that <laughs> He's the one that's going to cry. And the one that actually cried, he was not part of the actual book. And he actually had no real name. They just added that. Later. Yeah, he was, but his 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 credit in the credits is actually his character name is Fat Ass. It wasn't. <laughs> it, he has no real name. Poor guy. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. how imagine that on your IMDb? So who are you? <laughs> yeah, you know it's funny because he played the part well, and that. It was re- really, uh, I do remember that scene where the next morning at breakfast, they're like, what happened to him? Ah, he died. Doctor went home for the night and, uh, you know, died. And he's like, what's his name? You know, you know, and the guy, 
immediately throws out a, you know, cussing at him and being super mean. Yeah, and yeah, they're not afraid to just beat you with clubs as a way to just yeah beat you into submission, just show their authority. Yeah. Uh, seven Academy Award nominations, nineteen ninety five, Best Picture. Morgan Freeman got a nod for Best Actor. Best film editing, cinematography. Seven award. I mean, nominations, pretty good. I don't know how many they won, but looks like uh, you know, Tim Robbins didn't get a nod from either the Golden Globes or yeah. or uh, Academy Awards. They, so, they're uh, more into Freeman. They, he got two nominations. Yeah. So there's two movies he felt he didn't get recognized: yeah. Shawshank and Howard the Duck. Yeah. yeah. So Clancy Brown said he received several offers from real-life corrections officers to work with him in order to make his portrayal of Captain Hadley more realistic. Jeez, I think they nailed it. I don't know if they needed any help. He turned them all down because Hadley was an evil character and he didn't want to misrepresent real corrections officers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, could, I could see that. Huh. Yeah. <clears throat> How funny. So, looking back on it now, did you guys notice how long it was at all? What do you mean? I had to break it up, obviously, so I noticed. But but Joe, you being a first-time watcher, did you notice the time? I I broke it up. Yeah. But. Were you so into the story you didn't notice, or was it something like that? Yeah, yeah, because I started watching Monday night, and and Cena and I was going to watch half of it. We got the halfway through, yeah, and it's like I could finish this tonight, and and but we didn't because we were supposed to start to get tired, and it's like I, you know, I don't want to miss something good. Yeah, yeah. But I could have very easily just sat and watched the breeze right through it, and not even notice. Yes. Nice. What rating Cena give it? Is there any part said, that bothered her? Not really. Yeah. She said this is the best movie we have ever watched, as far as. This podcast goes. She's just saying that because she has to. <laughs> no, she's usually pretty brutally honest with, especially with my picks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm still can't get past the fact that it bombed at the theater. How does this movie bomb? So here's what's crazy: hmm. despite the film's box office failure, yeah. Warner Brothers shipped 320,000 rental copies to U.S. video stores. A figure a spokesperson freely admitted was out of whack with the film's performance in theaters. The film became the most rented video in 1995 and one of the highest grossing video rentals of all time. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's a great movie. I I would definitely recommend this one on to someone else and be like, hey, I know it's long, but that's the only downside is it's long, but the story story is so engaging. Yes. Yeah, we've done reviews on here where it's like, I enjoyed it, but I probably wouldn't recommend it to people unless I knew it. This is just a no-brainer. Anybody I'd... Yeah, you could throw this at anybody and they'd, yeah. they'd like it, I think. Okay, so some of these movies we critique, give them the critique of, it'd been a little, it would have been better if it was a little shorter. Do you guys think that there was no. any part we could have pulled Gosh, out? Gosh, no. You had to have every part of this movie in Yeah, it. that's the way I felt. There was literally no... That's a good point. I wonder how much they cut out of it. That is good. I don't know. Because, man, it, I mean, such a good story. It's so seamlessly pieced together. Yeah, because literally what you see always refers back to what you've seen previously. So there's literally no unused, there's no filler. Yeah. 
it's it's all boom 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 here's how here's how it goes there's no filler needed minor complaint for me i thought you know there's this whole thing where andy is dropping these hints to his buddy red that okay there's this little town down in mexico it's on the uh atlantic ocean i'm gonna go down there i'm gonna start my own little you know fish tour i'm gonna take people on fish excursions i'm gonna have my little house i'm just gonna go down there retire we got to get into this too the way he was able to steal all the money from the bad yeah, guy. yeah, all but, right. yeah. i mean he made off with like three hundred thousand dollars yeah. yeah back then though you could do that but the very end where red is just coming down the beach and he happens to be working on a boat and they have their little like embrace mm-hmm. on the beach with the with the music and stuff do you notice I, red's hat flew off yes yeah <laughs> I uh, it was, it was fine. I'm totally not knocking it totally, but I kind of would have liked to see it where Andy had already kind of established himself a little mm-hmm. bit, and he comes in the door of like his business or yeah, something. They have a little bit of yeah, because he's kind of like it. The boats. I agree with you 100 because that's what cheesy. I noticed this movie at the end. The boats just pulled up on the sand and sitting there, and he's working on in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, I mean, how are you gonna work on a boat? Not you know. Like at a dock up out of the water. Yeah, but when you have three hundred twenty thousand dollars and living in Mexico, does it really matter? Well, I, just, I, <laughs> no, I, I agree wholeheartedly. But yeah, now that I think about it, I mean, boats just pulled up on the beach. Cool to have them have like a little bit of an exchange. Yeah, some sort of hey, this is where it, you're it, at. all it was was like you see Andy's face and he kind of smiles and Red smiles and they just hug. Mm-hmm. You know. It worked. It works, I guess. I didn't have a problem with that. I, I have a problem with the boat just being pulled up onto the beach as if, yeah. you know, it's not going to get caught by, you know, a storm and washed away. Red's walking down the beach with, like, no one around within 100 miles. Yeah. And there's Andy on some boat. Yeah. No one around within 100 miles. It's just like <laughs> this weird little thing at the very end. But that's, def- that's not going to affect the rating or anything. But yeah. Some other uh, 1994 movies, Pulp Fiction. Natural Born Killers, Forrest Gump, Usual Suspects, we have previously reviewed here. Yeah. Go check it out. Uh, then some other Speed. That's a that's probably a big box office one. Yeah. Just just uh, some context for what what this was competing with and maybe why it didn't do as well as you would think. It had would. some heavy competition. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think Speed's a good movie. Good. Good. Uh, uh, I have not watched movie. it. I have not watched Speed. I hate Speed. Really. It's stupid. Ace Ventura. Richie Rich. I mean, come on. Speed, really? (laughs) I haven't seen it. It might not hold up, but I liked it as a kid. Well, that might be an interesting one to do. Dumb and Dumber. I mean, there's some heavy hitters. Dumb and Dumber's a good one. 1994, Stargate. Did you guys ever watch Dumb and Dumber or the kind of B-movie spinoff of Dumb and Dumber? I liked it better than the original. Wow. So I found it a little interesting a lot of the cast in this movie went on to do the green mile yeah and i'm thinking ooh, two gel movies a lot of the cast going from one to the other i wonder if that was just coincidence or hey we know how well they did with the last prison theme movie let's let's pull them in and see how well we can pull them in with this one Maybe you guys can clear it up for me a little bit. Like, why did money start rolling in that the corrupt warden was able to, like, funnel? It's because they got some, like, 
Because their library got suppressed, and people were like, oh, man, this prison's doing great things. No, the the warden, they introduced a new program where the warden could farm out the... Workers. They allowed the, workers, the prison yeah. to start contracting out as a business. That's that whole apple pie with the... Yeah, because yeah. he, he's, he's doing logging jobs, he's taking state road jobs. So before that, the prison labor just had to do business as volunteers, you know, go out and... You know, do whatever, but then they're like, "All right, now the prison can start charging." So all he did was, since he had free labor, he just undercut every business's price, and then uh, you know, unfair business practices. I thought a pretty awesome part of the movie was Andy and his cleverness. You know, he convinces the warden, like, "Oh, well, you don't want it to trace back to you, so let's create this fake yeah, identity yeah. of a <laughs> of a guy. We'll get him a fake business or a driver's license and everything. Yeah, and we'll funnel all the money to that guy, and it won't come back to you. But then." You know, he escapes, yep. walks into the bank as that fake identity takes all the money. And mm-hmm. I mean, that was that was sweet. That was well, sweet. And, and it's funny, you get a hint of it, and again, no wasted time. Yeah, you get a hint of it when he's talking to Red, yeah, saying, Red "Here's Chad. what I did." Yeah, and it won't be traced back to anybody. But yet, there's that ulterior motive that you literally do not know about until the end. Yep. And the narration, you know, Morgan Freeman's like. That little hammer that I got for Andy, it'd take a man 400 years to yep. tunnel out of this prison with that. Turns out it only took him 20. 20, <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah, at the end, there's, he's allowed to have this big uh, toaster of, like, a babe mm-hmm. in, his, uh, in his cell. Yeah. And then, like you said, Dave, throws the rock at it. The warden's all mad, like, where the heck is he? He's disappeared. Why isn't he in here? It goes right through, and you realize there's a he's been tunneling behind this poster in his cell the whole time. I thought it was neat that he was taking it out in the yard, one pocket full at a time. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah. I that like was that. a pretty pretty there's neat so scene. There's so many little tidbits in this movie that are just gems. That yeah, just little, just the little details, great things you, you would never give a thought of. I wouldn't think of what he would do with the. I never even gave it a thought of. Okay, well, yeah, if he scrapes, digs out, that, yeah. that stuff's got to go somewhere, and I never would have given that a thought. Put it in his pocket with a hole in the bottom and walk around the yard a little bit, <laughs> yeah, dropping just, out at a time. Yeah, I mean, it was just that's, brilliant. That's awesome, yeah. So, could you guys clear something up for me? Maybe. <laughs> I know tall water, huh? Tommy, why did Tommy get shot other than he... Is it because Andy was trying to get out and the warden was afraid and he was valuable to the warden as long as he was in prison but as soon as he got out he could leak out you know hey this is what's happening with the warden and the warden would lose his business guy okay well that's what so i the warden wanted andy locked up forever okay that's what i thought yeah you can't let andy go if you yeah, let yes. andy go would then you be willing to testify on the stand about this you know yeah other guy saying he's the one that actually killed him well and he hated the warden yeah. so you know the warden knew that yeah i mean I, I wasn't a big fan of the the warden to begin with. Mm-hmm. Then when he shot Tommy, that just sealed the deal. It was like, you're nothing but pure evil. Yeah. And you get what you're... Yeah. Okay, so... I was surprised that Danny committed suicide. Yeah, because he started... Because when he started putting one bullet in, I thought, okay, he's going to wimp out and put... And, well, I was and, thinking he was going to start shooting through the door. Yeah, I did too, because I thought this but, poor, I, the poor person that... I thought he was going to what they call nowadays suicide by cop i'll shoot yeah. you so you can shoot me and yeah. kill me i thought that's what he was going to do because oh, yeah. he start he loaded a full chamber he's like yes well, why else wouldn't he load a full chamber he's going to fight, fight to the yeah. death yep but interesting he, yeah but boy he 
change, changed uh, so here, tables quickly. Here's the only thing I didn't like. Watching this again as a critic, how in the world do you find a field out in the middle of a county all in one day? Red on his little trip. Yeah, you go out, there'll be a field, rock wall, a tree at the end of it. Yeah. I mean, how in the world do you know where to go and find yeah, this it, field? and specific detail on where Andy gives really good directions. He found the rock. He found Andy in Mexico. Andy's really good with directions. Well, I mean, I could see him finding the rock in a tree, but how do you know to get to that field? Like in the middle of a well, county. He, he did say the north yeah. side, but yeah, that's... I, I'm just saying, if I told you, all right, go to northern Roan County, there'll be a yeah, field, yeah. you know, and it's going to rock wall, yeah. you know, because Morgan Freeman had to walk through the woods to get to this yeah. field. How, how would you possibly track that down? And that's what bothered me. That's the only thing that really bothered me about this film was I thought about it in terms like, all right, if I gave you two directions, said, hey, go to the northern part of Roan County and there'll be this field that has a rock wall and at the end of that rock wall is a tree. Good luck finding that field. <laughs> well, one thing I noticed that to me seemed like uh, chronologically and it just wouldn't make sense was that, you know, Andy escapes in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. The next morning, he walks into a bank. He gets all the money. Yeah. As he's leaving in the morning, he says, oh, can you mail this for me? Yeah. That goes to the newspaper. And then somehow, on the warden's desk that same morning, there's already a newspaper that's well, got the story. Well, I don't know that that was the same morning. Yeah, I think it time-lapsed a little bit. A couple of days is what I'm assuming happened. It might have been a week Whoa. or two. <coughs> okay. Yeah, okay. I didn't notice a time difference I, I just assumed it's like within that week or something you know I thought that morning they realized andy's gone and then that same morning no i, I think time passed okay well. yeah that's the one time they did a time lapse and didn't really indicate that they did a time lapse because every yeah. other time throughout yeah. the movie they they've shown you where they've done a time lapse yeah that one they didn't yeah you're so. right huh. joe can you think of anything negative to say about it I honestly can't, guys. This nice. All right, well, let's rate this baby up. Okay. All right, mop bucket for me. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. That's an easy mop bucket. Uh, all, all around, guys, full little mop bucket, no yep. questions asked. Joe finally picks a winner. <laughs> Thank you. Good job, Joe. Thank you. And and, and the this algorithms. One, yes, the algorithms have spoken. And this is actually, Dave, you said this is on your list, right? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yes, it is. I, I can see why. Yep. I have nothing but good picks on my list, of course. Now we're not going to go down that road. <laughs> so I what's... wonder, is there anything else Tim Robbins has done that's anywhere near this level? Has he, has he done some other really good... He had one called IQ that involves Albert Einstein and Meg Ryan. It had... Um, I can't remember what the guy's name was, but anyway. I mean, he had Howard the Duck. I mean, what else oh, do you gosh. need? And he had uh, Bull Durham. I thought he did great in Bull Durham. You guys seen Bull Durham? Kevin Costner, so. Susan Sarandon. What? Oh, man. Can I, uh... How do you not see Bull Durham? Well, everybody can I spin Durham. the wheel this time, Joe? On the sure. pick? Really? You got the number whole... Number 36. Yeah, I did a random number picker. Okay, 36 is Forbidden Planet. Yeah, I'm passing on that. Hit it again, Justin. 30 is the next one. For Three. those that don't, we have a list from fans that have been sent in of just all sorts of different... Some of them 
looking. Uh, some of these titles are ones we said we would never pick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So some of them we're just gonna shoot down. Sorry, but we're gonna hit the. We're just gonna do a random number thing. Yeah, because our next pick is a fan pick. So here we go. Number thirty is three. three ninjas. Yeah, three ninjas. Dave is still not feeling that. All right. Ninety-three. Ninety-three is a league of their own. That's not a bad movie. Let's put it up. Let's see what the streaming options are. Okay. Dun, dun, dun. Tom Hanks movie. Have you guys seen it? Okay. Looks like that's not an I option. I have seen it. I, yeah, it would be totally new though. It's been so long. It's now. been on TV so much. How in the heck is it not free everywhere? Because they make more money <laughs> renting it out. So, unfortunately, A League of Their Own is out. Right. Hit her again, Justin. Number 56, 50 30 Days of Night. 56. 30 Days of Night. That sounds kind of familiar, but I'm not sure. Oh, it's a horror thing. Oh. It's a 2007. Eh. I'm not really into horror. Me either. 46. Fido. Fido. 116. Boy, Justin, you're rolling right along. <laughs> I'm breezing past Fido. Pulp Fiction. Uh, just seems a little too... I've never watched it. Have you not? No. Seems a little too... I don't know. It's pretty morbid. Pretty disturbing. 81. McClintock. Yeah, McClintock. That's, uh... John Wayne movie. I'm yawning. <laughs> 82 is the next one. Print, the Princess, Princess Bride. Bride. The uh, Princess this is Bride. A, this is a highly, highly rated. It's one of the highest rated movies of all time. Really? Yeah. Wow. It has Andre the Giant in it. It does. Why wouldn't it? Yeah. And it has the kid from the Wonder Years. And is Billy Crystal. Uh, yeah. Yes. It's a... Uh, it's on Disney Plus. Princess yeah. Bride. Disney Plus and Amazon Prime. Uh, I'm checking Amazon. Oh, it is. Yeah, Fred Savage. Fred Savage. There you go. Okay, there. So, what do you guys think? That's up to you guys. I've seen it. Been a while, but I've seen it. Because this one's actually on my list. Have so. you seen it, Joe? Mm, bits and pieces over the years, all because it had Andre the Giant in it. So. No way. That's why you watched it. <laughs> yeah. Well. Because Andre the Giant. Well, because I was. I can tell you the first time I watched it. That's I was, funny. I was homesick from school and I was flipping through and I just flipped it on and there was Andre the Giant. I was like, I don't know what this is, but I'm gonna watch it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm alright with Princess Bride. All right. Is that what we're gonna watch? I'm I'm up for that. Okay. I've always heard it's good. I've never seen it. So. Sweet. You know, the, uh, they actually did a Andre the Giant documentary, and uh, uh, Billy Crystal and Rob Reiner on there, and they, and they talk about the, the movie. Yeah. So I've got a little trivia. I've got a little knowledge on this movie. Okay. Alright, tune in next week, Princess Bride. Princess Bride. I like fan picks. Kind of gets us outside the box a little bit, because I, I, you know... I have my movies that it's on my list that I like. And I'm sure you guys have the same. Well, and on the fan picks, we can completely bomb it. And not. Yeah, yeah. 
That's the funny part. So, yeah, on a fan picks, you can take a little bit of risk, but I feel like with Princess Bride, we're definitely not taking any risk. No. But that's okay. You'll have those days. Huh. Interesting. Okay. Justin, do you already have your pick for next week? Yep. Do you really? Really? I don't know what made me think of it, but something did, and I thought, oh, man, Dave is going to get it. And I threw it out there. If you guys are you familiar with Darren Brown, and, yeah, this, is, this will be a good one. Darren Brown? Yep. What's that? Is that the name of the movie? Uh, he's uh, like an illusionist. He's a, I don't know. It's got tons of psychology in it, so I think it'll oh, be okay, cool. a, I'm in. a good thing. Right up your alley. Sweet. So, uh, Shawshank Redemption. Heck yeah. Certified mop bucket. Best yeah. Rated Across the board. Right. Is that the best rated we've done? I think we've had maybe maybe one other movie that was certified mop bucket, but I don't, I wouldn't bet on it. Yeah, I don't know. Interesting. All Check right. out our archives to see. Yeah, yeah. So, somebody uh, give a spiel. Oh. So for all of our news and reviews, check out our website, beentherewatchthat.com, and follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter at BTWTPod. And leave us a comment. Tell us if we were spot on with our reviews or if we were completely off the wall and if Dave was completely wrong about Howard the Duck. (laughs) And be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a five-star review. Been there, watch that. We're on all major platforms, and all of our episodes are hosted by Anchor.fm. All right. I like it. Been there, watch that. Shawshank Redemption. Kapow. Kerpow. I love and that. Next week, Princess Bride. Princess Bride. All right. I feel like we're on the uptick here. Now, you know, I really enjoy that we're watching movies, not just having general conversation, but critiquing. And I really like the question of who would you replace? Yeah. And and it's nice that Justin hadn't had a hate list for a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so so yeah. now I, I, get a little, I get a little... N- cautious because if Justin comes in without a hate list because he had a hate list for what about Bob but yeah. still ranked it pretty high so if he comes in without a hate list I get a little nervous and going okay yeah. did he really like it or did he really hate it yeah yeah <laughs> until I see something worse Rick Moranis in Streets of Fire is my all time hate, hate. Right, I'm right there with you buddy you're not alone in that boat <laughs> yeah I like it alright well for been there watch that myself Justin Joe Another successful week, and wow, what a cleanup. Home run, grand slam, Shawshank Redemption. Good job, Joe. Thank you. The analytics worked. Algorithms. Algorithms, yep, worked flawlessly. Perfect. We'll see what happens next time. (laughs) Seems like a bit of an up and down game, but we'll, we'll give it a whirl. All right, we'll be back next week with The Princess Bride. Thanks for joining us this week, and everybody have a great week. And get your Princess Bride watching going on.